This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, it's my privilege to uh, finish up the series that we started uh, about, was it four weeks or five weeks? I forget how many weeks it was, four, uh, on believing. And I know we started out talking about, you know, believing faith in God takes the limitations off. Dr. Vickers introduced that. And then last week he was talking about Abraham as the father of our faith. And so this week I want to try to, if I can, to kind of finish it up as a big, we don't finish up, we just kind of find a place to stop with a subject this big. But today, continuing on our subject of believing, of faith in God, uh, I want to talk about this morning about believing that you can. Believing that you can. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, he said, everything is possible to him who believes. Wow. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? Everything is possible for him who believes. So the reason we're talking to you and teaching you about faith, about believing in God, is because every one of us face some impossibilities when it comes to our own abilities. Now, you know, we've talked about some of the heroes of faith during this series. I'm, I know uh, Dr. Vickers talked about Abraham. I, most of us are probably familiar with Moses, David and the giant, aren't we? You know, the great heroes of faith. But, you know, a lot of us, you know, I can't really, I don't know, I can't identify with a king because I'm not a king. I can't identify with someone who delivered a nation because I haven't been a deliverer of a nation. So sometimes, you know, when we're talking about believing and we talk about the great uh, uh, people of faith and everything, sometimes, you know, we hear all that and we think, yeah, that was great for Abraham, that was great for David, that was great for all those people. But I want to talk to you today about somebody who was a believer whose faith in God, and if you've heard of this person, I salute you as a very good Bible scholar. How many of you have ever heard of Shamgar the goat herder? Not too many hands out there, Dr. Vickers. But see, I picked out this guy. I want to talk about him because he's just a regular guy like you and I. He's just a guy that got up and went to work and took care of the farm and took, plowed the land, took care of the goats, paid the bills, dealt with all the same kind of things that you and I do. Just a regular type person. And as we look at this person, though, we're going to find out that God used his believing and his faith to inspire a nation to overcome their enemies. Now, a lot lot of times we think about, you know, the personal victory that we get, which is rightly so, when we put our faith in God and in God's word. And I've seen many times, and I'm sure you have experienced, how God has brought deliverance or provision or healing, whatever it may be, into my circumstances, into my life. But you know, beyond that, a reason for us to put our faith in God and be strong in our belief in God is that it inspires others. Now, I want you, if you will, if you have, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have your Bibles, I want to read a scripture about Oshamgar in Judges chapter 3. He's only mentioned in two scriptures. That may be why you haven't heard of him. (laughs) 
But you know what? He's got me beat. I'm not in any of them. So that's pretty good. If you even get a mention in God's word, that's pretty good, isn't it? So in Judges 3.31, listen to this. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, he too saved Israel. Now look at this guy. Here is a farmer, Brother Ed, a goat herder, a guy, all he had, he didn't even have a farm all tractor. He just had an ox goad. Now, an ox goad was about a six or seven foot pole with a sharp point on the end. That's all he had. He didn't have a sword. He didn't have a shield. He didn't have, you know, an armor bearer to help him out. One guy all by himself defending his field. And you know, most of the time I found out when it comes to believing, that's about what it boils down to. It is one guy, one woman in your field defending your family, defending what God has given you or promised you. Isn't that true? That's about what it comes down to. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times I felt like, God, all I got here is an ox goad. I mean, you know, an AK-47 would be pretty good right now. How about, you know, a tank or something? But all I got is an ox goad. You ever felt that way that you were so ill-equipped to handle the adversity and the circumstance that come your way? That's kind of where old Shamgar was. So I want us to look at him today because in looking at him, we're going to find out some things he did, very simple things that you and I can do, just regular, quote-unquote, believers, okay, that defend our field and will kill our 600. You know... As I look back over my life, uh, in June, I started the 34th year of ministry, 34 years of ministry. But that, no, that's okay. And, but I just want to share this with you because, uh, believe me, I'm bragging on God. But you know, when I look back over my life and the things I've done, you know, really the things that God's done through my life, it's really just been, the, you know, the killing of the 600. I haven't delivered a nation, you know. I haven't, done, I haven't shook a nation, done great things like that. But you know what? I've stayed faithful in my field, and I've, I've slain my 600. And all God is asking you and I to do, just like Shamgard, is if we'll just stand believing God, faith in his word, faith in his grace, just stand in our field and, you know, and defeat the 600 that come there. Because 600, 600, 600, 600, it starts, multiplies up real quick, doesn't it? It does. I want you to remember this. Believing means remembering God is for you when everything else is not. I mean, Shamgar, he was in a situation. Israel had no king. They had no visible leader. They had no leadership that was going on. These Philistines were people that would come in every year just about the time of harvest. Have you ever felt like that's the way circumstances in life has done you? You were just poised for your breakthrough. You were just about to get that answer. You were just about to get your head above water, and bam, here they come, the Philistines. (laughs) That's the way they do it. That's the way the devil operates. But I've got good news for you. Faith in God will give you the deliverance every time. If you will remember that God is for you when everything else is not. Amen? And it says here that Shamgar inspired a whole nation. You know, you don't know what your believing may do. Not only will it get a victory for you in your field, but you know, it can inspire other people. You know, one of the greatest 
humbling experiences. I'm sure, Dr. Vickers, you and, and others have had this experience. But, you know, I'll be in a restaurant or something, and somebody will come up to me and say, you just don't know, you know, what this message meant, or, 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 or when you prayed this prayer for me, or, or this lifestyle that you lived, or what, something to that effect. It's so humbling. I think, holy cow, I mean, you know, I'm just Shamgar the goat herder here. I mean, you know, that was God. It was God that did that. But, you know, that's the same experience that God wants all of us to have this, that our faith in him inspires others. Isn't that true? So Shamgar did three things, three simple things I want to share with you real quickly here this morning, which connected his believing to God and achieved a great victory. Because in the final analysis, the power of faith or believing in our life is really this. It connects us to God, His grace, and His power. Isn't that right? It connects us to God and His grace and His power. So we get some lessons. Anybody willing to sit at the feet of a goat herder this morning, learn a few lessons? I mean, that takes some humility, doesn't it? The first one, now these are going to be real simple, so don't tune out on me, okay? He started where he was. Now, I know that's obvious, but you know, sometimes we're thinking, oh God, if I could just grow some more, if I, if I just had some more knowledge, if I was just stronger in faith, if I was like, you know, Sister Denise or, or Dr. Vickers or this one or that one, or if I, you know, if I only I had knew what they had. Listen, I got news for you. You got to start where you are. Many years ago, you know, we, we, all of us, we had to start where we were. I remember when you guys started where you were, it was small beginnings, wasn't it? I remember when the first time God says, I want you to, you know, you know to, to, to go to a foreign nation and, and go to Bolivia. I'm like, where is Bolivia? <laughs> Holy cow, are you calling a, a country boy like me from the middle of nowhere to go somewhere like that? I'm, whoa, wait a minute here. But you got to start where you are. The Bible says that God has given to every one of us, what? The measure of faith. Start where you are. I'm gonna, you're going to find this out. In believing God, you will, God will always and faith will always require you, not only starting where you are, but starting where you are, you're going to feel like Shamgar. Man, I ain't got a whole lot of equipment here. But you've got one thing that's very important. You've got God in your field. As soon as you start believing, you've got God in your field. And I'm going to tell you, when you've got God in your field, whoo, good things happen. Now, God does not only ask us to believe him, you know, when everything's right, but I found out that God will especially require of us or ask of us to believe in inopportune times. Everything that, I, that God has ever permitted me to do for him, I never felt like I could do it. That's the way I felt. Man, he said, go to Bolivia, you know, and uh, establish a Bible school and train people. I'd never done that before. I, I mean, Dr. Vickers, when he said, establish this church, start this church, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you didn't get a whole lot of trial balloons. You just go out by faith to do it. See, sometimes we're waiting for all the stars to align and all our ducks to get in a row. I got news for you. I don't know about you, but I, I can't get my ducks in a row. I get these three in the back three are out. You know what I'm talking about? I just can't seem to ever. So I just decided, you know, here we go. You know, sometimes God will ask you to get out of the boat even in the middle of a storm. 
God has an uncanny way of just ignoring all your circumstances, all your liabilities, and all your weaknesses, and ask you to do something that is impossible anyway. Because he knows as soon as you start believing him, he's going to get the glory. Isn't that right? So Shamgar, he was here, he was not trained for war like David. He was not equipped for war, you know, like Saul or any of the great uh, warriors in Israel. He was just a regular Joe uh, guy, you know. He was going to work and everything. But I believe that one day he just got sick and tired of the Philistines in his field, and he said, you know what, this is it. I'm going to do something. And you know, when starting where you are, you've got to get tired of your circumstance and just say, you know what? I've had enough. Enough's enough. If God be God, then why am I going to sit here till I die? I'm going to rise up and do something. So you start where you are in your field. Now, uh, I was reading the other day about Tom Monahan. He was the founder of Domino's Pizza. Anybody ever heard of Domino's Pizza? Anybody? You know, he started that franchise way back in 1960 in a little hole-in-the-wall store. Had one little store. And he worked for eight years barely keeping his head alive. Does anybody, can I get a witness from anybody? I mean, those eight years he was working, 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 just I mean, just paying the bills, keeping his head above the water. And in the eighth year, he had a breakthrough. His store burnt down. Boy, that'll encourage you, won't it? His store burned down. And on top of that, the insurance company would only pay him one penny on the dollar. So anyway, he managed to get his store back up going again, and man, he went back at it. He's working, 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 working the next three years, and he said sometimes he worked almost 100 hours a week. Well, you know, there's only 148, I believe, in a week. So he didn't do a whole lot of sleeping, did he? And he had another breakthrough. He, he was $1.5 million in debt. See, we think, man, when we defend our field and we launch out believing, oh, man, if it doesn't happen like that, we're ready to just throw in the towel. I got news for you. You you know, when you start believing God, there's going to be some opposition. It might not go just right. And see, a lot of people think, oh, I must have missed God or I must not really be believing. No, I'm going to tell you what. Pastor talked about it last week with Abraham. How long did Abraham stand in faith? Close to 25 years, wasn't it? There wasn't anything wrong with his faith. God is wanting to develop us as well as develop our faith. So, so he's one and a half million dollars in debt. So what is he going to do? So he's finally, he gets this idea. He said, you know what? Instead of waiting for people to just come pick up the pizza, he says, I'm going to start free delivery. He was the first one to do that. He started delivering. He said, I'm going to deliver the pizzas for free to people. The rest is history. Today, over 10,000 stores around the world. He occupied his field. Now, his field was a business making pizza pies. Your, your field may be totally different. But see, he occupied his field. And God says, you find your field, it may be your family. It may be your business. It may be, if you're a student, it may be uh, your studies, your, your degree that you're pursuing, your, your career path, whatever it may be. It may be your health. Maybe you need healing in your body. Whatever it may be, there's a field that you have, but you've got to start where you are. 
Man, anything I've ever done for God, like I told you, I, man, I'm telling you, uh, the first time I ever, you know, launched out and went overseas in ministry, man, you talk about, did you, you know, some people think because you obey God that you didn't have to overcome any fears, there weren't any doubts, everything was just great. I'm telling you, man, I had to fight fears and doubts and, and, and every kind of thing that come up my mind, I had to fight it. I had to fight the good fight of faith. I had to believe God. Just like old Shamgar. He started where he was. Have a mindset that you're going to occupy and defend your field. You're going to occupy and defend your field. Remember this. For every problem I face, God has a promise for me. For every problem I face, God has a promise for me. You know, find out what has God said about your field. If you have a field, you know what? That means that God gave you that field. He gave you that field to be a blessing to you, to be a blessing to others. But the first area you're going to have to do is to learn to use your faith and stand and defend your field. Maybe some of you, maybe you need, you've got loved ones that are, that are away from the Lord. Maybe you've got a marriage that's uh, not doing too good. Maybe there's strained relationships. Whatever it may be, I want to tell you what, you need to rise up and defend your field in faith. And you know, one of the great areas to learn, ways to learn to use your faith is through prayer. Prayer, you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, uh, we didn't have all the electronic stuff like now. But, uh, you know, so you kind of had to amuse yourself any way you could. And I remember taking a, getting a magnifying glass. So I, you know, as a kid, we were just, you know, fascinated with something as simple as a magnifying glass. I mean, you, you get a bug under it, man, that thing gets big all of a sudden. But you know, one of the things I really loved as a kid that I found out about a magnifying glass was how you could focus the rays of the sun and start something on fire. You talk about a boy in the country. Boy, that was fun. Man, oh man. I thought, but you know, prayer is like a magnifying glass that focuses your faith on a particular problem or situation. When you begin to pray, you begin to focus that faith, that believing that God's given you. You focus it on a family member. You focus it on a situation of difficulty. And all of a sudden, you begin to see God move. But you've got to start where you are. Start where you are. Secondly, he used what he had. He used what he had. I mean, most of the time when God is is directed, sending out to do something, I'm telling you, I never had adequate resources. Did you, Dr. Vickers? I mean, you know, it would have been great. I wish I'd have had, you know, a couple of million dollars for a startup. Yeah. Nothing wrong if you've got that. We're happy for you. But, I, I you know, and but you don't have to wait till you have that. And many times, if you look at the great people in the Bible, the people of faith that we've talked about in this series and alluded to in Hebrews chapter 11, most of them started with no resources or very little resources. Think about it. God called Moses. He said, Moses, I want you to stand before Pharaoh, the greatest political leader uh, in the world at that time, the greatest nation, the greatest might, the greatest influence. He said, I want you to go and demand in the presence of Pharaoh to let my people go. And he said, now here, take this stick with you. Thanks a lot, God. 
He's got an army and all you're giving me is a stick? That shepherd's staff, that rod, that's all it was. It was a stick. Oh, my goodness. Shamgar had, all he had was a stick, a goat, a prod. See, we have, to, we have to use what we have. We have to use what we have. And many times you feel like it's not enough, it's not adequate, but you've got to understand this. As soon as you step out with that stick or with whatever that resource that you feel is inadequate, all of a sudden, see, that's when the grace and the power of God comes to bear. Absolutely. Moses had a rod. The widow, remember the widow back there? All she had was a little bit of oil and meal. But you know what? She used it as a seed, and God used that seed to deliver her and her family from famine for a whole year. Woo! Wouldn't that be great if God paid your grocery bill for a year? Man, that'd save you some money. <laughs> of course, all my kids are grown now, so I've saved a lot of money. <laughs> They're not on beat. Woo. So here's the thing. Don't wait. You know, use what you've got right now. Paul found this out in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. You, don't, you can just write that down. The apostle Paul was just like us. God called him, and he didn't always have all the resources he, he needed. You read the letters of Paul. He talked about it. He says, he says I know how to carry on God's commission. I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said. I know how to carry out God's commission to me, whether I have a lot or whether I have very little. Because he learned that the key wasn't how much he had in his bank account or his pocketbook. It was who was backing him. But now he had to learn this too. In, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, he talked about that thorn in the flesh. You know, Satan sent a messenger to buffet Paul everywhere he went. And basically what that messenger did is, if you read in the book of Acts, that messenger, he stirred people up in opposition to Paul and his message everywhere he went. Paul was beaten, he was threatened, he was put in prison, and he said, I asked the Lord on three different occasions, Lord, take away this messenger that's been sent to me. And God had a very interesting uh, reply to him, and uh, he said this, and I'm going to read this from the message, okay, if I might. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is what he told Paul. He said, my grace is enough. It's all you need. Now listen to this. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Woo. I'm telling you what. I don't know about you, but every time I step out to do something from God, my head and the devil uh, both tell me I can't do it. And they, they got a laundry list this long of why I can't do it. And my head wants to agree with it. Because it sure looks right. It sure looks accurate. But man, now I realize when God said this, he said, my strength comes into its own in your weakness. Oh, my, wow. Woo. All you strong people, you can't appreciate that. But people like me and Shamgar can. Listen to this. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. 
It was a case of Christ's strength moving on my weakness. He used what he had. All he had was an ox goad. I don't know. What, what do you got? Maybe you've got some great gifts. You know, really, that'll be a greater challenge to you than we who don't have those great gifts. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a king that preceded David. His name was Saul. And it talked about Saul, how that Saul had a lot going for him. He had a lot of gifts going for him, natural beauty. He had, he had height. He had strength. His appearance. He was a natural leader. People were just drawn to him. All of those things. But you know what? Those things turned in to his downfall because he didn't know how to use them. And yet here he got, God calls David, which he said David was nothing special to look at. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what the Bible says. He was short. He was ruddy. He looked like a kid. I mean, how many, how many you know, can you imagine all these yeah, battle-worn, grizzled warriors, you know, for Israel? Hey, this guy's going to lead us. He called him from leading sheep. I know something about God and sheep herders and goat herders. <laughs> God must like them, huh? But he used David to deliver Israel. And so he can use you if what? You begin to believe. You put your faith in him. Put your faith in God's word. What has God said? And begin to find out what do you have? What do you have that you could use for God? Years ago, uh, over in Atlanta, Georgia, Dr. Martin Luther King was enrolled in Morehouse College. He was going to school there. And uh, one of the courses he took was speech. And one of his professors wrote at the top of his paper, he said, uh, Martin, if you keep using all of these lofty words and these flamboyant phrases, you're never going to be able to really communicate. <laughs> I wonder if he heard that I have a dream speech. He might have changed his opinion. You know, sometimes maybe all, that's all you have is a desire. Maybe it seems like something that's intangible. I mean, I wish I could sing like Stephen or, or play one of these musical instruments like the band does or, you know, but I don't have that. But listen, you got a desire, a desire to do something for God, a desire to see your family and your life elevated, to glorify God through your life. You, you know what? God can use just something as intangible as a desire. You put your faith in God. You put your faith in His promise and in the grace of God. And God can cause that desire to come forth. And I want to tell you what. Like, like Paul said, you know, God gets greater glory. Why? Because people will look at me and say, how did he do that? I mean, can you imagine Pharaoh when Moses was standing before him with nothing but a stick? And said, hey, you better let the people go. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with my stick. <laughs> I'm really scared. Oh, man. So he used what he had. Now, listen to this. Excuses are my weaknesses speaking. Excuses are my weaknesses speaking. You know what we have to do? We have to let faith do the talking. Let faith do the talking. 
Oh, man, any time and every time God has uh, opened the door of opportunity or, or directed me to do something, I'm telling you, I, I had more excuses. Oh, man, I had more reasons why. I could, you know, I could, th- I said, God, I can think of people right off the top of my head, about 10 people who could do this better. And they're right here in the area. I'd be glad to call them for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, let them do it. Let them do it. I'll help them do it, you know. Excuses are my weaknesses speaking. Let faith do the talking. Let God's word, faith in God and his word, let that do the talking. Amen. And God can use your willingness, your desire, your faithfulness. You, you know, we're talking about using what you have. You know, when I first started out, you know, wanting to serve God, those, that was all I had. I had a desire, Stephen. I had a willingness, and I knew I could be faithful. That's all I had. I didn't have much knowledge. I surely didn't have much ability. I didn't have position. I didn't have the influence. I didn't have any of those things. I just started with what I had and where I was and let God use it. I'd ask you a question. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have that God could use? What do you have that you could connect to God with faith and see God's grace and God's power come on it? And begin to use it, not only for your life and your field, but to influence others. Thirdly, he did what he could. You know, a lot of people are waiting to do some big thing for God. Now, it's good that you have a desire in you that you want to do some big thing for God. That's a good thing. But I want to tell you what. You know, the old ancient Chinese proverb goes something like this, you know. The longest journey begins with one step. You got you to gotta do what you can. Do what you can. He did what he could. He killed his 600. He didn't deliver a nation like Moses or David, but you know what? He killed his 600. And you know, the thing I've seen through the years in my walk of faith with God, that's exactly what I've tried to do. I've tried to defend my field and kill the 600. Now, I don't know how he killed these 600. Probably not all at once, you know. Maybe, maybe he did five here and ten there and ten here, you know, and every time some of them got into his field, he defended his field. And you know, in the course of our lives, as we follow God and we believe him, we believe him and they, we take the desire and the dream and, and, and maybe a, a desire to serve God and we take that and you know, we, we, we get the five here and the 10 there and the, and the 15 here and the next thing you know, you look back in your life and you say, hey, I've killed the 600 in my field. God's used me to influence other people and maybe the people I influence, maybe they will be the ones who deliver a nation. Maybe they will, they will kill 6,000 where you killed 600. It's, it doesn't matter. I, I was in my field. I used my faith. I, I, I was faithful in what God had given me to do. As, as insignificant as I felt, I allowed God's power and God's grace to work through me and through those small gifts. You know, uh, you probably remember the story, the parable where Jesus talked about, you know, he gave talents, the master gave talents to people. You know, the three, the two, and the one. Well, you know, I, I, can't, I can't identify with the, the people who got the three. I can sort of identify with the people who got the two, but not too much. But, you know, I'm kind of in the one group. 
I identify with that. I guess that's why I like Shamgar here. But I identify with the one. But here's the thing I want you to see. Whether it's three or two or one, you know, the reward is the same when we are faithful to use what God's given us. Don't wait for someday. Don't wait for one day. Don't wait for all the stars to align. Start where you are. Use what you've got. Do what you can with faith in God. I'd encourage you, even here, you know, there's not a lot of us, but I want to tell you what God's able to say by many or by a few. He used an old goat herder here, Farmer Shamgar. He used him when he just said, you know what? I'm going to defend my field. And I believe this with all my heart. If everyone that is here today will just have that mindset that we're going to believe God, we're going to defend our field, we're going to start where we are, we're going to use what we have, we're going to do what we can, God will bring about a great and mighty victory here and a great influence in our city. Oh, boy, I tell you, you know, I can't wait, man. When we get to be a 1,000, we're going to do something. No, I'm going to tell you what. We can do something now. You take up your ox goad if that's all you got. Don't you be ashamed of your ox goad. Nobody else, I'll be standing there holding mine with you. Don't be ashamed. Oh, if I could do it. No, you get out and do with what you have. Use what you have. Listen, he stood and fought, stood his ground and fought a fight. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Believe God for your family. Believe God for this nation, this city. Believe God for this ministry, for this church. Believe God. Stand with all the faith you have. And when we all stand together, just like God told Paul, he said, man, he said, I'm not going to look at my handicaps anymore. I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to let his strength come in to my weakness. Glory. Look for your opportunity and launch out as soon as it appears. I was reading over uh, sometime back in Luke 5 where Jesus came and, you know, he's, he, he asked to borrow a boat, someone's boat, Peter's boat. He said, you know, thrust out a little bit there in the Sea of Galilee. He taught the people for a while. And when he finished, he told uh, Peter, James, and John, he said, you know, launch out into the deep, you know, uh, for a uh, catch of fish. And Peter did the same thing that a lot of us do. He said, Lord, we've already tried that what he said. He said, we fished all night. Now, we didn't just, you know, we didn't just throw it out one time and say, okay, we did it. No, they fished all night. They fished all night. Say all night. You ever, you ever been through one of those all nights? <laughs> he said, we fished all night. See, sometimes, it, you know, in, in, in their inability, and I mean, these guys were fishermen. This is what they did for a living. And he said, thrust out again one more time. He said, and let down your nets. And I said, okay, Lord, we're going to believe your word, and we're going to go out and do what you said. Passivity is the enemy of faith. Come on. Passivity will take our excuses and bind us up. It will say, listen, you tried that, or so-and-so tried that, and it didn't work for them. 
They believed that and they didn't make it. They went under, blah, 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 all that stuff. You know what? And whatever, regardless of that being true, what is God saying right now? What is faith saying to you right now? Where are you right now? Because this is a good thing about God. I can start over at any point I begin to believe. No matter how many times I may have failed, no matter how many times I threw out the net and didn't even get a minnow, if I will dare to believe God's word and start in faith again, you know the story. It says they caught so many fish, it sunk both their commercial boats. Boy, that's a lot of fish. And isn't it interesting, right after these big, big two commercial boat loads of fish, Jesus called them to be fishers of men. Boy, God knows how to operate, doesn't he? I mean, right at that point, can you imagine what, where they were in their faith? Where Peter, James, and John were after they saw that? We know Peter said he fell down and said, he was so overcome, he said, Lord, depart from me. If I, he said, I'm a sinner. And at that moment, you know their faith was so high. Their faith was so strong. And Jesus says, okay, now, follow me. Mm. Look for your opportunity and launch out. James 2, 7 says, faith without works is dead. I kind of like to say it this way. Faith without action is merely a corpse dressed up with nowhere to go. Faith without action is merely a corpse dressed up with nowhere to go. Let your faith move you into your opportunity. Like Shamgar, start where you are. Do what you can. Use what you have. Don't wait. And listen, apply that here to Passion Church. What, can, what, what do you have that could be a blessing through this, to this ministry and through this ministry for this city. What, what do you have that you could do it? Well, I don't have much. I'm going to tell you one thing you have. You have a measure of faith that God gave you. You have the ability to pray and call on, uh, on the name of God, the name of Jesus. You have greater strength than you know. You have ability. You have power. You say, yeah, but you don't know how weak I am. Well, hey, you know what? If we understand this principle about God's grace, maybe the weaker you are, the greater God will use you. But we can do what we can. I found the enemy always wants to tell me what I can't do, what I don't have. Isn't that true? But I've decided, you know what? In the face of that. See, faith in believing God doesn't mean that there's no fears that, that are confronting you. There's no doubts that overcoming you. Anything I've ever done from God. I mean, I'm taking my family on the mission field. And I mean, I'm flying over the ocean. And I'm dealing with fears and doubts. See, we think, oh, if I'm in faith, it'll just be smooth sailing. I don't know where you got that from. It's not in the Bible. You got, you got that somewhere else. Some final lessons real quickly here. We're talking about believe that you can. 
We've been talking about faith all for four weeks now. We've talked about the power of faith, and we've looked at different principles of faith and heroes of faith. But you know, it really boils down to this. Thank God for the examples of faith we had. Thank God for what David and, and Moses and the prophets and, and, and Abraham and all those great people of faith uh, were able to accomplish. But it really comes down to this. Me in my field right now. What I'm facing right now. The, the, you know, the, 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 the difficulties I'm facing, the circumstances I'm facing, the, the health issues I'm facing, whatever it may be. I'm, you know, maybe, maybe you're without a job. Hey, I've been there too. Whatever it may be. Listen, whatever, it really comes down to what you're facing right now. That's why I said believe that you can. Faith, God's faith, God's word will work for you in your situation and in your generation. It'll work. Listen, don't be surprised to find opposition within your opportunity. I, I've never found an opportunity where there was no opposition. Have you, Dr. Vickers? I don't care. I don't care what it is. In business, if you want to, inv- I don't care. You want to invest in the stock market even. I don't care what it is. You, there's going to be, along with the opportunity, you know, you're going to have opposition. There's going to be risk, isn't there? And everything. So don't take that opposition, that risk, oh, and hold back. I'm telling you what, that's your time to launch out. It might be circumstances. Most of the time, it's just our own thinking. This thing right up here, isn't it? I can't, I can't, I can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You're not going to make it. It's not going to work. You're not smart enough, wise enough, spiritual enough, whatever. (laughs) Isn't that right? It all comes at you. Sometimes it's other people's opinions. Listen to this. Nearly all Israel's battles were fought in and for the promised land, which God had already given them. You say, well, if God's given it to me, why doesn't it just follow me? Because there's opposition. There's opposition. But you can be like Shamgar and just say, bless God, I'm standing in my field. I'm going to see my family saved. I'm going to see them delivered. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to see the blessings of God flow through me so that I can help build up the kingdom of God, whatever it might be. Listen to this. God's grace and power will always connect with my faith and give me victory. When do you think the water under Peter became solid enough to walk on? While he was in the boat or after he got out of the boat? That's not a trick question. After he got out of the boat. After he got out of the boat. He took that first step out there You know, the first foot's easy. I found the first foot's easy, Dr. Vickers. It's that second foot that's tough, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) I don't want to leave the safety of the boat. As long as I can feel the boat, pretty good. You see, and maybe that's where you are. Maybe maybe you, you use your faith and you've taken one step out of the boat of your circumstance. And you, I don't know. 
this feels pretty good over here. I don't know about this. See, it's not until you take that other step that what? It feels solid under you. It feels solid under you. His grace and power. It will always come. It will connect when you release your faith toward God. Now, let me leave you. I'm going to pray with you in just a moment, but I want to leave you with this scripture. Hebrews eleven six. 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe, must believe. See, he said, you're going to come to God? What did, you, what did Jesus tell Peter? Come on out here, Peter. Come to me. Storm was raging on the sea. I mean, he'd never walked on water on the calmest day. <laughs> but he's, he that cometh unto God what, must believe that he is in what? That he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. Listen, the enemy wants to tell you, boy, I tell you what, if you believe God, if you step out on the promise and the word of God, if you believe in, in the in the grace and the power of God, if you step out on that, oh, buddy, you better look out. Something bad's going to happen to you. It's not going to work for you. You know, he wants to keep you bottled up. But see, if we will step out, the Bible says, that pleases God. I'm going to take that other foot and put it over there and say, God, here I go. I may be a wet water walker before it's over, but here I go. Isn't that right? Peter got a little wet, but he sure walked on the water. I confess, I've got a little wet before. <laughs> I got wetter than Peter. I probably took on a little bit of water. But you know what? It sure is good, those moments when you walk with Jesus on the water. And you see him work in your life, work in your family, work in your church, work in your city use you to inspire others. That's worth taking on a little water sometimes. It's worth the risk. It's worth getting out. So I want to pray for you this morning. Everybody in here, we all have a field. We all have a field. Everybody has a field. You have a, a, a life. You have a field. You have a unique set of circumstances and difficulties and problems that you are facing. And that's your field. And you may feel like Shamgar, that all you've got, you know, is an ox goad. You may feel that you have so little to deal with the present situations. You, you don't have the resources. You don't have the wisdom handy. You don't have all those things. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to pray with you. And it starts with doing these simple little things that we read about here. These simple little things. Start where you are with faith in God. Look at what you've got. It will be sufficient for God to deliver you. And then do what you can. What we can do this morning is we can pray together as I pray for you. You can pray together and you can begin to believe God now to do something in your field to deliver it. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.